0: Before we start this story, I'd like to thank my newest supporters, Phenomenal Mikey, Sarita, and Radic. If you'd like to listen to the show ad-free and receive weekly bonus episodes, consider signing up to be a patron. It is only $5 a month and you can cancel any The link is in the description below. Now let's get to the story. My child died after only a month on this earth. I'm going to spare myself the tears on explaining how, but the tears of my wife are ones I'll never forget. Grief is ugly. It's so fucking ugly. When we lost him, it sounded as if my wife was regurgitating fragments of her soul. Her wails could have shattered glass, curdled blood. The cries would turn to screams, screams at the universe, at whichever sick Twisted higher power would let this happen. She would scream at herself and at me. She'd scream until the skin of her throat shredded to ribbons. I'll be honest, I didn't cry. I don't remember if I even shed a tear, but not because I wasn't upset. I didn't cry because it felt like she was already doing it for me. No pain is more shared than a grieving mother's cry. I wished there was a handbook on grief, a four dummies, if you will, one that could have especially prepared me for the before and the after. Before, you're just waiting, like you're watching an hourglass of life on its last grain. My heart is pumping while he flatlines and it hits like a wave. I'm going to have to grieve, I thought to myself, before I could even experience it I thought about how it was coming right for me, and I knew that in the blink of an eye, life was going to be something that I'd have to fight for. Maybe I was already grieving him before he went. Maybe I was prepared, or I just thought I was. I don't think you ever could be prepared. Then you reach the after. Not the moment you leave the hospital room, or even the drive home. It's the moment you open that front door, the air is sucked out of the room, and you feel that fucking void, that void in your chest, in your relationship, in your home. This is it. This is my life now. This is real. What hurt even more was that this new life wasn't so foreign to me. It was one I had nearly a month ago. I felt so guilty for not grieving him, but instead grieving for what he could have been. I grieved for the first birthday and dozens after it, the first steps, the graduations. I couldn't help but grieve the life he could have had instead of the one we lost. My wife felt differently. She missed their skin touching humming to him, even dragging herself out of bed at 3 a.m. because he was crying again. We never really discussed it, but we could just tell that we were grieving down two separate paths. Our backs were always turned in bed. She'd flinch when I'd touch her. It was as if she was allergic to me, but I understood she needed her space. The funeral was absolute hell on earth. Actually, I think rotting in the fiery pits of hell would feel better than attending an infant's funeral. At least it'd be warm, unlike the icy grip of morning. I remember walking up to the casket alone, staring down at him, and all I could think was, caskets shouldn't be that small. He laid in a box that was small enough to cradle in my arms. When they lowered him into the ground, the cries emerged again. My wife wailed into the clear morning sky, so guttural. It was as if it was happening all over again. But she didn't collapse into my arms. She collapsed to the ground, as if she wanted to join him. Then you open the front door again, and the voids are even deeper. Everything is even realer. We packed up our child's nursery and his future into boxes, then fought about whether or not to throw it all out. She said she wanted them in the attic. I said I'd never be able to go up there again if we did. So we just left it all in his room, collecting dust. The door stayed shut at all times, but never locked, just closed. I think it symbolized our grief in a way. We closed the door on that part of our lives, but weren't ready to lock it away forever. Each day doesn't get easier. It just gets farther away from the day it happened. The mornings are the worst. You wake up, your eyes creak open, the morning sun is pouring through your window, and then you remember that you're grieving as if you could forget. Little things began to tick us off, One of us would forget to do the dishes and it'd end up with someone sleeping on the couch or taking a long midnight drive. We tried couples therapy, but we needed so much more therapy than that. It wasn't even about us, it was about him. The wedge was him. I was at my wits end with how to deal with this, but it appeared that my wife was one step ahead of me when I heard a soft humming from our bedroom after I came home from work. My brows furrowed as I made my way upstairs. The last time I heard her hum this tune was at the hospital, right before the heart rate monitor hummed back. When I pushed the cracked open door, I felt like I was dreaming. She was laying in her bed, cradling a baby in her arms, looking down at it like she could see every planet, every star, every galaxy. I remember pinching my thigh as I stared at her, the slight pain stinging. She was so engrossed by it. I could have stood there till the end of time and she wouldn't have noticed. Uh, honey? She finally looked up. Oh, hi. She stretched a smile that had become so foreign. Uh, what do you, what are you holding? Oh, this? It's a reborn doll. I raised a brow at her. They're realistic dolls for mothers to... to help me... cope! She nodded rapidly, her smile weakening. It was as if I had disrupted the fantasy just by asking. Oh. I couldn't help but stare at it. And stare at her because of the way she'd stare at it. As if she was holding her own flesh and blood and not plastic. Has it helped. I've only had it for a few hours now, but it's comforting. It rubbed me the wrong way at first, but if nothing else was working, I was glad if this would. Do you want to hold him? Suddenly, I felt myself at a crossroads. I didn't know if I could hold a doll and give her the reaction she wanted. I can't look at it like it's my son. But I knew this wasn't just about me, so I hesitantly walked over and stretched my arms out. A slight chill ran down my spine as its cold skin was placed onto my palms. I pulled it close and cradled it, staring down at it. And suddenly, I crumbled into tears. It felt too fucking real. I dropped to my knees as it laid in my shaking arms my scrunched face already wet. I knew it wasn't actually my son, but I realized how much I missed this, not just the moments we lost. My wife patiently waited as I wailed with my head hung. I let out cries I never knew I could, my voice cracking with each ugly sob. After that day, I noticed things getting better. It didn't fill the voids, but something else stood inside of them for a while, just to keep them dormant. Whenever she had one of those days where standing on her own two feet didn't feel worth it, she'd hold it, um to it. Sometimes she'd pretend to breastfeed it. I will admit, it still creeped me out to some extent. It was comforting in a way, but I knew it wasn't him. And I think this is when the wedge grew deeper. One day I came home, and as I walked upstairs, my entire body locked as I saw light leaking out of a door. That door, I knew it was unlocked, but I never expected either of us to ever open it, at least not so soon. I swallowed roughly as I approached it, slowly opening the door revealed empty boxes and a full nursery. She had set up everything again. I observed the room as I stepped in, a feeling of concern weighing on me. Then I noticed something in the crib. I wrapped my fingers around the railing and leaned in, my brows furrowing as I saw the doll laying. I didn't hear you come in. <coughs> My body jolted as I whipped around. Jesus! S- sorry you- What is this? What? What is this? Uh, our nursery? Well, yeah. But why is everything unboxed? Our baby needs a nursery. We stared at each other with accusations of insanity. I- Look- I've researched these dolls and I understand how this helps you. I'll admit, it's helped me a bit too. But this, you know this isn't our, this isn't our what? Suddenly, I was tongue-tied. I'm just concerned. I unpacked all of this myself. I'll put it all back when I want to, okay? She said slowly and sternly daggers shooting from her eyes. I could feel a million words crawling up my throat, but the only thing that came out was, okay, I think I need some alone time with him. I nodded, looking away as I slipped past her. I was trying to be patient with her, I really was, but I just couldn't meet her at the length she was going. Pretending this is our kid may help her, but it also made me feel worse. That night, not a word was exchanged under those sheets. I was turned towards the window, and she was turned towards the baby monitor that she put new batteries in. I tried my best not to think about the current situation, and I eventually fell asleep. Suddenly, in the middle of the night, I felt myself drift away from my dream and wake up. My eyes slowly creaked open. The dim moonlight glowed through the window. The room was silent, except for the cries that came through the baby monitor. I sat up and rubbed my eyes, staring at the monitor as staticky cries emitted from the speaker. Liv, wake up. I shook my wife till she groaned out of her slumber. She lifted her sleeping mask and looked at the monitor My eyes darted towards her, then back at the monitor. She sighed, tossed her mask onto the dresser and stood up. I'll handle him, get some sleep. I stared at her wide-eyed. My throat nodded as she tiredly walked out of the room. As she stepped into the nursery, I began to hear her over the speaker. Shh. I blinked like a deer in headlights as I listened to her hum, the crying slowing to a stop. My eyes shifted towards the door as she walked back in, grabbed her sleeping mask, and laid back down. She didn't say a word as I just continued to stare. A part of me wanted to go into the nursery, but I just laid there till my eyes dried and ran bloodshot. Before I knew it, The sun was up and I had to go to work. I slowly stood up and got ready. I tried to convince myself that it was a dream, but I had already woken up from one. When I finished getting dressed, I kissed her as she slept and left the room. As I passed the nursery, I paused for a moment. At first I considered going in, but instead, I pressed my ear against the door, but there was nothing, just absolute silence. I don't know what I thought I was going to hear. I didn't even know what I heard last night. I couldn't tell if hearing something now would have made me feel more or less insane. That day at work was grueling. I kept falling asleep at my desk and had a hard time processing what people were even saying to me. It was just one big blur. When I got home, the first thing I wanted to ask my wife was what the fuck happened last night? But after the incident in the nursery, I feared she'd tell me that the doll crying was normal because it's our son. When I got home, I was ready to fall flat on my face. My wife stood at the sink washing dishes, her head turning as I walked in. Hey, hon. Hi. How was work? Uh, you know, the usual. Be quiet when you go upstairs. I just put him down, and it wasn't without a fight. She (laughs) chuckled. I'll be sure not to wake it, him. I anxiously cleared my throat as she quickly glared at me, then looked away. At least I was trying to play along. I quietly walked upstairs, minimizing the creaks of each step. As I passed the door, I could feel my breathing and heartbeat halt to a stop. Something about it just always knocked the wind out of me. Dinner was so silent, you could hear a pin falling before it even dropped. Chewing and sipping filled the dense quiet. I was thinking of taking him to a mommy and me class. I looked up. My chewing slowed. Is that? Sounds good. I bit my tongue and smiled. I couldn't tell if she was being serious or if she just wanted to talk. I also wish you'd spend more time with them. You avoid the nursery like the plague. She laughed weakly. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll make sure to do that. Thank you. Watching her eat, the look on her face, I could tell she could barely get the food down her throat. She was trying. She was really fucking trying. I felt guilty for not being more understanding. It was hard to accept that we were just going to be grieving in different ways no matter what. But I was at a crossroads when it felt like our grief couldn't help each other. But the one thing that was itching at the back of my mind was last night. It was crying. How could it be crying? It didn't seem to surprise her either. I tried to make any logical reasoning for it. Maybe she set an alarm with a baby crying sound, or there's a speaker inside of it, something to make it feel realer. It was possible, except for one other thing. It sounded so much like him. If you're not a parent, a baby crying is just a baby crying. But I could pick out those cries from a crowd Maybe it's just grief, playing mind games. I couldn't tell. Later that night, after brushing my teeth, I was walking to our bedroom when I noticed my wife in the nursery. She was slowly rocking back and forth in the rocking chair, humming to it. Hey, I finally got him to sleep, she said after noticing me hovering in the doorway. That's good. Come say goodnight. I stared for a moment before forcing myself to enter the room. She stood up and walked over to the crib, then gently placed it down. She leaned down, kissed his forehead, then turned to me. I glanced at her, then at it. I could tell she was expecting me to do the same. I hesitantly leaned towards it. My lips puckered, suddenly. As I got closer, a pungent smell entered my nostrils. I tried to ignore it, but I recoiled as I got closer, the foul stench growing stronger. My wife glared at me in horror as I gagged, clasping my hand to my mouth. (coughs) What the fuck is wrong with you? I, I'm sorry, it. Him, not it, him. Okay, he smells like a fucking dumpster fire. What? Does he have built-in fecal mechanics too? Tears welled in her eyes as I looked away with guilt, my entire body shaking. Just admit that this is a joke to you. You think I'm embarrassing myself, that I'm crazy. Just say it. Live. no. Actually, don't. Just sleep somewhere else tonight. The couch, the fucking sidewalk, I don't care. Okay. I flew out of the room before I could burst into tears of fury. I felt like such a fucking monster. Prioritizing both of our healing was just tearing me apart. It was tearing us apart. I curled up on the couch and screamed into the pillow, leaving tear stains on the cover. I sobbed until it exhausted me, eventually knocking me out. All of a sudden, I was ripped from my slumber at the sound of glass shattering, my body jolting awake. I quickly sat up, my eyes darting around in a blur. Throwing the blanket off of me, I stood up and searched for the source of the sound. The room was pitch black as I ran my hand along the walls to find a light switch. Suddenly, my eyes shot open as something sharp impaled the bottom of my foot. Fuck, shit! I hissed to myself as I lifted my foot. Now I was hopping around till I found a light switch while also avoiding glass that I could not see. Eventually, I found one and illuminated the kitchen. I looked down at my foot. A small train of blood drops followed behind me. I lifted my foot up, blood leaking down my skin. It was a small shard of porcelain. I pursed my lips, took a deep breath, bit my cheek, and yanked it out. I swallowed a scream as I placed the crimson-coated shard on the kitchen counter. Then. I noticed some white powder on the bottom of my foot as well. I limped around the kitchen, soon finding a shattered cookie jar and an open flour bag spilled across the floor. God fucking damn it! I quickly tied an unused dish rag around my foot and began picking up the shards. The stress of the cut and the mess overshadowed the thought of how it even fell in the first place. But this thought came front and center when I noticed small flower-coated footprints leading out of the kitchen. I slowly placed the last shard in the trash as my eyes stared at the footprints. I limped over and kneeled down, observing them closely. They looked like, no, impossible. I told myself it was impossible, but who else could have feet that small? It wasn't my wife, and it wasn't an animal. An uneasiness clouded over me as I quickly vacuumed it up. The trail was longer than I realized as I exited the kitchen and made my way through the living room. Eventually, I reached the stairs, noticing the footprints went up them too. My eyes slowly glided up, then stared deeply into the dark hallway. I was able to at least try and logically explain the crying the other night but I couldn't make anything of this. I took a deep breath and slowly made my way upstairs. With each footprint that vanished into the vacuum, added one more beat to my pounding heart. When I reached the top step, I realized the trail led even farther. I continued to follow it, taking the curve it took that ended at a door, that door. I slowly stood up, my heavy, shaking breaths hitting the wood. But I couldn't bring myself to go in. I just wanted to cry, feeling like I was being haunted by my own grief. I could have been standing there for a minute or an hour. Either way, it felt like forever before I finally stepped away and entered the bathroom. I held back tears as I made sure there wasn't any glass left in my foot. Then I properly bandaged it. With everything that had happened and was happening, all I could think was, why us? Why me? I just wanted to be a husband, a father, a family. Why does life's unfairness have to be so cruel? It's more than just not getting what you want. It's losing what you love. It's your son dying after only a month of being. It's not unfair. It's just cruel. So fucking cruel. After securing the bandage, I limped out of the bathroom, my body weighing with exhaustion. Then I halted in front of the nursery door, my eyes shut as the sound of crying suddenly came from behind it. Never in my life have I prayed, not even for my son. It felt like shouting into a void. But at that moment, I prayed. I prayed for it to end. I needed it to end, but nobody was listening. Life wasn't that fair. I should have known that. I opened my eyes, tears welling in them as I walked past the room. The cries grew fainter as there was a ceiling between us, but I could still hear them. I could feel them crying for daddy as I laid my heavy head on the couch pillow. I had hoped that my wife would wake up and deal with it, but she never did. The entire night I laid there, the tears drying against my cheeks as it relentlessly cried. My psyche was shattering piece by piece as it grew impossible to even keep a grasp on reality or try and figure out what the fuck was going on while its screams filled my ears and bounced around in my skull. At that point, I just wanted to die, or to at least just be numb, to have the ability to not give a single fuck about anything happening, even if just for five seconds would have helped me sleep that night. By the time it was morning, the crying had stopped, but I don't remember when. Jack, my wife suddenly said, her hand resting on my shoulder. I jolted, my head whipping towards her. Didn't mean to scare you. It's fine, I just didn't sleep. I could see guilt hanging on her expression. Is everything all right? I want to, I want to apologize for last night. You've been very patient with me and I feel like I've been asking you for more than you can handle. We paused in silence for a moment, our eyes shifting around each other. I appreciate it. I'm sorry too. I've been too judgmental. We don't have to be on the same page to care about each other. She sat down next to me and rested her head on my shoulder. I kissed the top of her head and enjoyed my time with her. I wanted to bring up what I saw last night, but figured now wasn't the right time. And about the smell, you weren't wrong. I went to go see him this morning, and it hit me like a truck," she chuckled weakly. Turns out, he was molding on the inside, which can happen apparently. I reached out to the seller, and she said that it happens due to poor upkeep. Suddenly, she broke into tears, collapsing into my chest. (laughs) I held her close as her tears soaked through my shirt. How did I manage to lose him twice? My heart shattered. It's okay. It's okay. You can always get a new one. No, I can't. I looked into her eyes with deep concern. Olivia, can we speak honestly for a moment with no hard feelings? She slowly nodded. It's a doll. You can get a new one. Even then, I pushed the wrong buttons as she ripped herself from my arms and stormed upstairs. You don't get it. You never did. You know what? No, that's not fucking fair. None of this is fucking fair. Before I could get another word in, she was already in our bedroom, the door slamming behind her. I buried my face in my hands as I drew deep, slow breaths. Everyone always said grief brings people together, but all this is doing is tearing everything apart. My marriage, myself, and my understanding of what's real and what isn't. I spent another work day and a complete daze. I even got reprimanded by my boss for lack of work ethic. When I got home, I was met with a distraught wife. She was definitely still mad at me. So I considered whether or not to even ask if she was okay. Hey, hon, are you all right? I threw him out. Oh, I'm so sorry. Are you? Liv, surprised you didn't say, thank God. Look, I'm sorry about this morning, but I'm trying. And I know you know that, but it's hard when you keep flying off the handle. Do you want to see somebody? A grief counselor? He was my grief counselor. That's why I'm getting another one, just like you said, right? Right, whatever works for you. I smiled weakly. She sipped her coffee with a daze in her eye, like she could see something that wasn't there. Just by looking at her, you could tell she was dangling on the edge, but I couldn't pry and prod anymore, for her sake and mine. She let me sleep in our bed that night, but we didn't exchange any more words than goodnight. I could feel the back of her ankles against my legs. At some point, she even turned towards me in her sleep but she didn't want to touch me. She needed just enough space, and I let her have it. A night without it in the house gave me the best sleep I had gotten since he died. I woke up feeling refreshed for once, but I quickly noticed the emptiness next to me. She must have gotten up early. As I left the bedroom, I heard humming from behind the nursery door. My puzzled expression twisted further as I saw my wife cradling it in her arms. Good morning. I thought you had to get rid of him. Good morning, and I did. This is the new one, she smiled. Wow, already? So fast, express shipping, she shrugged with a chuckle. (laughs) Sweet, I'm gonna try and put him down for his nap. Could you brew me a cup? Yeah, sure. I smiled before closing the door behind me. The second she couldn't see me anymore, I stood absolutely baffled. Something about it just seemed off. How could she have gotten a new one that quickly? It didn't add up. She had gotten so attached to it. The thought of her wanting to keep it, no matter the mold, didn't surprise me. What hurt the most is that she lied to me. After filling the steaming mugs, I set them down at the table and read the news on my phone as I waited for her to come down. He didn't put up a fight, thank God. She sighed with relief as she trotted downstairs. That's good, I sipped my coffee, keeping my eyes on the screen. She sat across from me, taking slow sips as she stared off in a daze again. I occasionally glanced up at her, watching her tap her finger against the mug and bite her cheek. Are you all right? She (laughs) laughed at the question, circling her finger around the rim of the mug. Weather's nice today, she responded. It is. Maybe you should spend some time outside. You could take him out for a walk. Yeah, that sounds nice. Her words trailed off like she was dreaming. I helped her take out the baby carriage that we never got to use and watched with unease as she laid the doll in it. Hope you two have a nice time, I smiled. We'll be back soon. We quickly kissed before she was out the door. And finally, I could breathe. It was only a mere few hours, but it was still time to breathe. It was also time to think. The past few nights, I had experienced things that were beyond what I thought grief would be like. I knew it'd be haunting, but not like this. I never really believed in the supernatural. I'd say I'm a skeptical person, but after the constant crying, the footprints, I couldn't make any sense out of it. I'd run in circles to death before it made any actual sense. And my wife seems to know more than she's letting on, but I was scared that one more question would push her out the door. I couldn't lose her too. But now our grief wasn't just going down two different paths. It was going in completely opposite directions. She needed the doll to heal, and I needed it gone to heal. But I didn't know how to get rid of it without hurting her in the process. I thought about tossing it in the trash and making her believe she misplaced it, but that just felt cruel. I didn't need to put her under any more distress. By the time she got back, I hadn't really devised any plan. I still understood nothing. I figured out nothing. I was just aching even more. Are you feeling better? Yeah, it was nice to get some sun. This little guy enjoyed it too. Didn't you? Didn't you? She gushed. I couldn't help but feel so uncomfortable watching her treat it like it was our son. But it's her way of coping, and I had to respect that to at least put myself at some ease. I told myself that I'm just under a lot of stress and that my grieving mind is just playing tricks on me. I guessed being tormented by him was better than never seeing him again. That night, she laid close to me, our legs intertwined as she fell asleep against me, her arm across my chest. I missed her warmth so much. I thought his death had cooled her touch. But she was still so warm, so comforting. It was easy falling asleep that night with her against me, like a child and their favorite stuffed animal. But I was stupid to forget that life isn't unfair. It's cruel. In the middle of the night, I was awoken by the cries over the baby monitor again. Only this time as my eyes opened. I realized I couldn't move anything else. My heart pounded as I drew in panicked breaths. My jaw merely trembled as I attempted to speak, Please for help caught in my throat. A tear streamed down the side of my face as I waited for my wife to wake up, but she didn't. I was locked on that bed, unable to do anything but listen to its cries. I wanted to scream, sob, punch a fucking wall but I could do absolutely nothing. Suddenly, the speaker cut out, its cries halting with a staticky screech. My trembling breaths filled the silent room as my body stayed frozen on the bed. I couldn't even squeeze out a groan to try and wake her. Then, the sound of a door creaking open came from the hallway, and the cries began again, not over the speaker, but from the hallway. Its cries sounded distorted. They were deeper, more drawn out, and they sent goosebumps from head to toe. I scrunched my eyes as I begged to be able to move, the crying nearing closer. Then, the bedroom door slowly opened, the deep cries filling up the room. I looked over at my wife, who was somehow still asleep. I wondered if this was even happening outside of my own head. I couldn't see it but I could tell it was moving closer. And with each step, its cries grew deeper. It reached the point that it sounded like it was gargling on its own blood. When it stood by my ear, its sobs were deafening. Now, I couldn't move. And I couldn't hear anything besides this suffocating, dizzying crying that made me feel like I was drowning in molten tar. Da-da, it gurgled. And just like that, I felt my entire body unlock, and a scream worth a thousand screams exited my mouth like a dam breaking open. The sound waves rippled my throat as I scatteredly threw myself off the bed and into the corner of the room. Jesus Christ, my wife shouted as she finally woke up, ripping off her sleeping mask and turning the lamp on. I let out wails of pure terror as I balled up in the corner, my body tremoring. My God, what happened? I, it, it, he was. I could barely squeeze a word out in between sobs. <laughs> Jesus! She hopped off the bed and kneeled next to me, my body flinching as she reached for me. <laughs> what happened? I slowly turned to her, my eyes gaping wide. Instead of saying a word, I stumbled to my feet and made my way out of the bedroom. Where are you going? What happened? Jack! I ignored her calls as I threw the nursery door open. My eyes darted around as I searched for it, then realized it was in the crib. Jack, what are you doing? I'm not doing this anymore. Jack, can we talk about this? She gasped in horror as I yanked it out of the crib. You're right, Olivia. This isn't a doll. This is a fucking parasite, and I want it gone. Jack, please, that's our son. No, it's fucking not. She winced as I screamed. Stop, please. She begged tears pouring down her face as I began rapidly shaking it in front of her face. This isn't our son. Then, in one final burst of rage, I gripped it by its throat and slammed it to the ground with all my might. In this moment, I realized that I learned two things from the death of my son. Caskets aren't supposed to be that small and reborn dolls aren't supposed to have internal organs. My wife crumbled to her knees as she let out those cries, the ones I could never forget. My breathing and heartbeat practically stopped, my body shutting down for a moment as I stared down at the spilled, graying organs and mushy skin that she attempted to cup in her trembling hands. I slowly looked up at her, utter horror hanging on my expression. Olivia, what is this? He didn't belong down there. He belongs with me, with us. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're listening on Spotify, don't forget to hit that follow button to get notified every time a new episode is released. Also, please take a second to leave a rating for the podcast. This is so important to help the podcast grow. Thank you.